1: Daily Faceoff
3: Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D Burfume and Michael Beebs Bondi. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to season 7, episode 30 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I am your host Brock Siegen, got Dylan D Burfume to my right, Michael Beebs Bondi to my left. Gentlemen, we are Some leagues might already have started their playoffs. Most don't start until next week. But Mm -hmm. we've reached the fantasy hockey playoff uh, section of the season. And based on the listener and and download count from a week ago, it seems like a lot of our listeners are still in the hunt. That's what we like to hear. The numbers really didn't fall off too much. So... Normally, yeah. at this time of the year, we do see a little bit of a drop because a lot of you guys are eliminated, but the the listener count did not drop too bad, and uh, I think that's a good sign. I yeah. think a lot of our listeners have made it to the deep part of the season, hopefully some divisional crowns, some regular season crowns to be handed out yeah, here in the the
0: A couple Prezi week. trophies coming into uh, everyone's cabinets as they head into the playoffs here, um, probably because of their awesome waiver wire pickups, you gotta of think course. of. But also, 30 episodes for us, that's like, you're getting an episode every, like, point four games in the NHL that's not bad I mean there are people that are probably like wow I don't know if your math ads up there but probably yeah that was Mike's quick maths um, <laughs> but uh but no it's uh you know it, it's it's crunch time a lot of people are sweating this week there's a lot of um, I, know, I know in in one of d and I League there's four teams fighting for one spot that's exciting shit. Uh, neither of us are fighting for that spot, so that's what makes yeah, it all D the was more tell- exciting. Was telling I'm me. fighting for a buy. Yeah, I am uh, I ran away with the President's Trophy five weeks ago, so it's. but yeah, I got lucky. Um, it's been one of those years where just everything I touch works. Um,
3: Yesper Brat's on that team, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Yesper Brat's on every team, for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's actually funny, in another league, I had to drop Troy Terry yesterday, but I kept Jesper Brat, so it was between the two. You dropped
3: the league MVP?
0: Yeah, I did drop the league MVP, so I'm going to have some NHL writers coming at me. Um, who knows? They're gonna be like, "Hey, man, you dropped uh, the greatest player in the league, but it's okay. I also almost moved him from McKinnon early in the year. so oh my God. so uh you know, what a fall from Grace. I know. Sorry, <laughs> almost Chris.
3: traded from McKinnon to waiver wire. Yeah. Yeah. well, we're
0: getting to that point right where it's if you're not uh if it, if it's a redraft league, then I uh, you know if it, it's down to what, the what have you done lately? So here we are. So I'm not suggesting dropping Troy Terry by any means. Just
3: It all depends what your team looks like. If you yeah. clinched the President's Trophy five weeks ago, I have a feeling that that team's pretty stacked. D, um, you were telling me a story before we went live. You dropped Nico Dawes and then panicked and re-picked up Nico Dawes. Yeah. So he's still carrying the boys.
1: It was all part of a plan, but uh, yeah, there was a few days there where he was available to be grabbed by anyone. The greatest goaltender of all time. Uh, and thankfully, no one jumped at it, so... Um, uh, no, but he yeah. is my workhorse right now. He's the only way I'm hitting the starts minimum in my leagues. Yeah.
0: I'm playing D, um, as he fights for that, for that buy. And, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I saw you drop a couple of, you had to drop Bingington this week as a Hoos owner. I was laughing. Um, not, sure. not at you, just in general at sure. Bingington. Cause I, I'm not a fan. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, you at one point had Halak and I believe it was, <laughs> it, was it was just Halak and I, I don't know what the other piece was there. was probably. Yeah, yeah, right now my only Fransos. healthy
1: goalies are Dawes and Francis. Yeah, and so earlier in the week it was Halak and It was Fransos. Halak and
0: Francis. So I was kind of wondering, I was like, I don't know if he's just throwing goalies or like what's up here. <laughs> I guess there um,
3: is a reason that every year the goalie's episode is just me and Biebs. It's starting to make sense No, I will
0: say in D's defense, his goalies have always been stacked. It's just as much as, say, my team's had luck, he's had all the the opposite there. I mean, who would have thought Bingington turns into an absolute potato? I was absolutely Uh, laughing October through January.
1: Even Elvis had a great start to the year and then super tailed off, so I just got rid of him uh, and replaced them with Nico Dawes who is even better than Elvis because you can drop him for half a week and no one will pick him up. He
3: doesn't even hold the roster spot down. (laughs) But all right. Speaking of roster spots and the waiver wire, that is going to be most of our focus, not only this week, but kind of the rest of the season. It's really all you can do to improve your team at this point of the season and and try to really make that push to a championship. So uh, if you're tuning in, it it means that you're still in the mix and we're going to try to make sure that we can guide that ship to a championship trophy here in the coming weeks. So uh, what we're going to do on today's episode is we've compiled a list of players who are basically um, making a case at the moment to be picked up. Um, we're not going to talk about each one of them in depth, but we're gonna I'm gonna rattle off a list. And we've each given our top three um, pickups in, in, you know, from one to three, both at center and at wing. We were going to do the D as well, but there just yep. isn't really anybody that stands out too much um, towards the bottom yeah. of the waiver wire. And there really hasn't been too many big-name defensemen going down with injury lately. So yep. it's not—I I doubt that many of our listeners are really— um, freaking out for a defenseman at this point in time. But three names, just quickly, um, if you are in need for whatever reason. Uh, the first, Damon Severson um, in New Jersey. I think a lot of the, you know, we, we, we talked about him quite a bit, and we liked what he was doing when he, um, Dougie Hamilton was out. When Dougie Hamilton was returning, we were a little bit concerned that uh, he was, uh, you know, going to lose the power play one opportunity, and it just really didn't end up happening. Dougie Hamilton actually at one point was even sharing power play t- uh, one time with uh, Severson. And then, as as of last game, Hamilton was back on PP two, and, and Severs did remain on PP one. So he's at about thirty three percent owned. So still pretty high owned. Um, the other one is Sean Jersey in LA. Uh, he's you know put up really really good numbers at the H level. He's come up and and uh, used to as, tear up the O. He, he, yeah. And as good as he's been, um, a lot of it lately has has had to do with opportunity because of how many injuries that Kings blue line has had. But even with some you know Alex Edler coming back, Troy Stetcher being. Acquired, uh, he's still playing massive minutes. He's on the top power play unit. He's nineteen percent owned, um, so a little bit more readily available. And those are two guys that really stick out. Uh, Vince Dunn was the other one we kind of mentioned as well. But the Kraken don't score too much, yeah. Um, and he's twenty nine percent owned, so most likely in leagues where he's available, I think Steverson would be available as well. Um, and I'd much prefer Steverson over Vince Dunn at this point. But yeah. Steverson and Dersey are the two guys that kind of stick out at the moment if you are in need of blue line help. But it really didn't seem like we needed to waste. Uh, too much time talking about which defenseman you need to go out no. and try to pick up here.
0: Actually, I'm going to throw out a, a crazy idea that I've been doing in, in every single league, and that's actually dropping that last D Man's plot. This year, there's just been so many good free agents we, we talk about all the time. Um, and we're going to actually talk about some there right still now is so many out there. guys <laughs> who are putting almost over a point per game up. And when you're grabbing a D Man who's getting, you know, might put up 40 points if he's lucky for the year, if you can find someone who's playing on those Wednesdays, Fridays, Look at the schedule on Daily Faceoff. pick face up a off. guy right now Abs-
3: in, in most leagues that might score 40 goals. Absolutely.
0: Year. <laughs> and it, if it means, you know, not playing Sean Durzi in my fourth um, D slot, I, we, I have one league that has four D slots, and I'm playing two right now, and <laughs> Noah Dobson goes in and out of there. Um, and that team's doing phenomenal. So if it's one where, you know, if you are in a league that has cats that are hits, um, penalties and maybe consider rolling a full D lineup, but at the same time, if you're in the playoffs, things are getting desperate. Don't be afraid to drop that guy. There is there's there's a lot of anchors. Well, on yeah, the, like on there's the a lot of yeah. there's a
3: lot of nights where your D might come out with a plus one, two shots on goal, yeah. and no, nothing really else Thanks, to show D. for it. Yeah. But you have an empty forward spot that that yeah. could be filled yeah. by somebody who who's meanwhiles for forty goals. Yeah, I mean yeah, exactly. There's a, yeah, you can you can have there's
0: <laughs> this guy's dropping hat tricks off the waiver of wire right now playing PP one, or you're gonna have a D man who's not touching any PP time. Um, it, it's just something to consider, uh, and I think it's it's gonna continue to be a changing trend as years go by. People used to always just fill every slot, but I mean, if you
3: don't need it, don't uh, don't be afraid to. You know, go in the direction of, of rolling a couple more forwards. It's funny you bring that up because I I was not really I was kind of forced into doing that. But Aaron Ekblad went down, and I was just like, okay, hey, he's on IR, and I'm picking up a and, forward. And there's, like, there's nothing. Like, yeah, yeah there's, there's like, no point in picking up I a defenseman. Am I
2: gonna take
0: Ben Sherrod, or am I gonna grab Dylan Strome? who's over a point. Yeah, and, 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 you know it's it, it, it's it's bonehead move to grab a D man sometimes. So, anyways, just uh, something a little something bit that of, you want.
3: Couple tips as you. Uh,
0: As you train those muscles to lift that championship trophy. so
2: All
3: right, so we're going to start with the centers. Got the defenseman quickly out of the way. So, D, we're going to go with you here first, your top three centers. But here's the kind of list that we were picking from here. Uh, The first is Brock Nelson at 44% owned. I didn't want to include him in this list because he is 44% owned. But he just needs to be talked about more and more and more every single week. So he is the one guy on this list moving forward, that is above 40% owned, but for good reason, he's on this list, Nico, he's we talked about him a little bit last week, 35% owned, Dylan Strom, 32% owned, Ryan Johansson in Nashville, 30% owned, Anthony Sorelli, 28% owned, Jonathan Taves, 25% owned, Kevin Hayes, 10%, Eric Howla, 8%, and Jack Roslovich, 4% owned, so, D: Who are your top 3 centermen for the next couple of weeks here? The quarterfinals, the semifinals. Who are you plugging
1: in your lineup? Sure. Yeah. Um I'm sure it's no surprise but at number 1 I do have Brock Nelson. Obviously, um kind of on a tier uh, kind of in a tier of his own here in terms of uh not just the ownership but also what he can offer you down the stretch. I think he's the only one that I would, you know, make an effort to kind of keep on my roster through the next few weeks. Um, you know, obviously you got to be pretty cutthroat when it comes to playoff season and just making sure you get by week by week. So wouldn't make any promises to Brock or his family. You know, I wouldn't tell him to buy a home or anything like that because um, there's probably going to be some movement still. But <laughs> uh, no, yeah, like I said, he's, he's the one here that really sticks out. Uh, and maybe Nico Heischer as well, who I have it too, as guys that I would um, look for in redraft leaks to kind of find a spot on my roster as, as opposed to just a streaming target over the next couple weeks i mean all it's pretty much the same at this point but in terms of a week by week or who i'm looking to keep on my team throughout the playoffs uh but nelson right now um you know he's just incredibly hot and he's just playing so much in all situations um always shoots at an above average clip so i'm not super scared of the the 23 percent shooting percentage you know obviously i don't expect him to score on one of one of every of his four shots uh down the stretch but he is a 14.2 percent career shooter so um you know nothing new for him here to kind of be um, shooting above uh, or well above league average I think he's actually in the league right now in shooting percentage uh, but yeah he's up to 32 goals um, just crazy crazy hot the fact that he's still available in over half a
0: two weeks ago every single league you could have owned this mm-hmm. team
1: um, but yeah ton of minutes all those situations and yeah like I said still just shooting the puck a ton um, and obviously hasn't affected uh, that volume hasn't affected uh, his conversion rate either so good to see
3: just to confirm, is leading the NHL in shooting percentage at 23.2. Uh, what he's also leading the NHL in is goals in the month of March. He's tied with Kirill Kaprizov for the league lead in goals since March first at 13. Lines up. I was gonna say
0: in his last 22 games he has 17 goals. That's almost, for those of you can at home, that's only five off of a goal per game, not just a point per game. He's over that easy, but that's just that's wild production you could get from a guy who, as we mentioned, you know was. Uh, Probably about in the, what
3: was it, 10% ownage two weeks ago? We I think we talked them, about him and he was about 18, 19, 20% in uh. around that range when we talked about him with like three weeks ago, probably. But uh, number two on your list there, D.
1: Yeah, I do have Nico Heischer. Um He's another guy who's just playing an absolute ton of minutes right now. He's logged four straight games with over 20 minutes of ice. Uh, shot volume continues to be reliable, which has always been a thing with Heischer and it's why we like them even as far back as his rookie year, even for a young player and a, and a young centerman still finds a way to get. Uh, a decent amount of shots on net, consistently around two and a half shots per game over his career. Um, and if anything, that's just gone up lately with that extra ice. Um, and yeah, on that line, obviously, you know, Jesper Bratt is the guy you want to play with in New Jersey this year. He's on that line with him at Tatar right now, and they've been fantastic together so far. They've got 55 minutes together at 5v5. They're averaging uh, an absurd 47 scoring chances for and 26 high danger chances per 60. So um, just creating a ton of chances, playing high event hockey, getting a lot of shots off. Uh, and playing with, you know, one of the true breakout stars of the NHL this season and and Jesper Bratt. So um, just really a whole lot to love. Really the, and you know, the other guy that I was considering for the spot was Dylan Strom, who I have coming in at three. Um, Another guy who's just on an absolute tear right now. Really, it just came down to the schedule. The Blackhawks only have two games next week, three the following week. So, uh, and the three the following week are on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So uh, I just don't think personally I'd get that many games out of Strom um, over the next couple of weeks when we're talking about, you know, the need to win in those games. So I think, uh, he's sure Nelson, like I said, Nelson's a guy that I maybe try to carve a spot for on my roster. Uh, Strom's probably one that I'll, I'll look to come back on if he is available in a couple of weeks time and I'm still going in my leagues. Um, but you know, if I do miss out on him, you know, for someone who maybe has a buy or whatever, that can kind of suffer through that next week. Um, then I, you know, then, Albeit, I'll I'll be like I said, you got to take it one week at a time at this point. So, uh, just based on that remaining schedule, Strome loses out to, to Heischer for me. So I got Nelson, Heischer, and Strom out of, out of that bunch. Yeah,
0: I uh, very similar, same same bag of tricks, but um, I have Dylan Strom at one. As you mentioned, you know the schedule is not great, but it, it's hard not to talk about those last twenty five games. Fifteen goals, fourteen assists, um, and and as I mentioned, you know, and you mentioned it, I I have the buy, so I can. Rest this guy, and say if you know you have a little bit of an extra roster spot, I think this guy's going to make it in on those Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, the way he's playing right now. Um, again, that was 29 points in his last 25, and he's doing it both with goals and assists. Almost 18.55 time of ice um, in that time. Again, for a forward that's huge, that's Brock Nelson territory, that's Nico Heischer territory, and then line one power play one with uh, V. Patrick Kane and Alex Brinkett, who are just crushing it. Um, so that's why Strom takes my one slot. Number two, Brock Nelson, Um, D kind of went over it, and and I quickly mentioned it there, 17 goals last 22. Take it even further though, his last 33 games, that's 21 goals and 12 assists, so that's uh, still a point per game and almost at this point half the season for him, and that's half your fantasy season where you're getting a point per game out of Brock Nelson. He's a guy, obviously, at 44, people are jumping on. But um, if you listen to the podcast, you would have jumped on a long time ago. So uh, just keep enjoying the fun. And uh, it's classic Brock's hot territory, um, end of the year. But now third, obviously, Nico Huescher. That was another one. Last 18 games, he's got 10 goals, 13 assists for 23, and eight power play points. And he's playing the most out of the three, actually, at 19-26. Um, not much more to say there. A quick mention to Kevin Hayes. Um, it's just, uh, I guess this kind of applies for Nico Heischer too. It's just, it seems like a health thing, but he seems to kind of be healthy back, muck and ice. So if you're in a very, very deep league, I would definitely take a look at him on spot nights. But, um, but yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm going to kind of repeat myself. So we're going Dylan Strom one, Brock Nelson two, Nico Heischer three.
3: D, I just want to ask you too, because um, that was one of my things. Like obviously a lot of these guys we're talking about might not be available in a lot of leagues. Who would be your top pick? under 20% owned out of this group you got Kevin Hayes, Eric Howlett, Jack Roslovich there.
1: I like Roslovich, definitely stands out to me at just 4% owned. Um, yeah. seen a whole lot of ice uh, since moving up to that top line. Average time of average time on ice of 18 minutes and 48 seconds in his last 4 games. Um, that line has been outplayed at 5v5, not a huge surprise with the Blue Jackets. Um you know, playing with Line A and Voracek as his line mates, but it has been high event hockey. Uh, shot volume has been up as late uh, or of late as well. Um, so, yeah, at 4% owned, I, I think that's great value there in a lot of deep leagues. Uh, I'll probably be streaming him a couple times in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, just the ice time alone and, and seeing that power play time with those those quality of linemates. Like I said, even if they're getting outplayed at 5v5, the fact that he's seen a lot of ice and it's high event hockey is, a, is enough for me.
3: Yeah, he he. Uh, I've played him a bunch on DraftKings lately because playing with line A, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't get much better yeah, than that. And they love doing the classic, like, here's three points
0: on a night, here's zero, but then here's three. So yeah. if you do hit, you know, those... Three or that, that they play they, play. they play very, off.
3: very high event hockey. Absolutely. Like they, like they, the amount of games they've played in this year that are four, three, five, four. It's outrageous. Um, okay, Brock Nelson's number one. I don't need to talk too, too much more. You guys really nailed it, the. Uh, hit the nail on the head there with him, but it is worth mentioning that, you know, I said he was tied for the league lead in goals in the month of March, um, but also tied for 11th with Sidney Crosby in points. He's picked up 7 assists over that span. Anders Lee is linemate as well. He's only 51% on, worth a show. Uh, we won't talk about him in the winners. It's wingers.
0: crazy if there's any goals to go around for Anders, because, you know...
3: Yeah, um, Anders has got 11 over that stretch as yeah, well, so what tied the with... the uh, New, York, New York Islanders do not score goals like it's this. All, it's all that top line every yeah. single night, but Same anyways, uh, Nelson tied with Sidney Crosby ahead of Mitch Marner and Nathan McKinnon, which is just outrageous in terms of points there in the month of March. So he's been great, no doubt, number one, especially because his first name is Brock. Number two for me, Nico Heischer, all the same reasons, he's playing with Jesper Bratt, and uh, if there's ever an excuse to mention Jesper Bratt's name on the show this year... I'm going to take it. So, Nico shirt is number two for me. People nope. played a yes, Drat drinking game with us. They'd be getting absolutely corked every week. Yeah. Every single week. Um, number three for me is a little bit different, and uh, just because of what you guys mentioned. Dylan Strom has been great. Uh, I, You know, I just talked about the month of March. He is also in there tied to 20 points in the month of March. 10 goals, 10 assists, and 13 games. He's been outstanding. But the five games over two weeks really, you know, isn't going to get it done. It's just not enough games um, on a team that, you know, some nights they aren't that good. You know, some nights they go off, but other nights they get, they get shut down. And when you're only playing five games, I, it's just not enough for me in the crunch time of the playoffs. I look to Ryan Johansson, um, who has eight games, four games in both of these weeks, a couple percent p- points, lower owned than Dylan Strom. And, if we want to talk about players that are hot, there is no no line in the NHL really hotter than Nashville 1 right now. I mean, you got Matt Duchesne, Phil Forsberg absolutely going off. They're both in the top 10 in terms of points in the month of March. And Ryan Johansson just kind of riding their coattails. Not a guy that's going to score a ton of goals, especially playing with Forsberg and Duchesne, who are scoring all the goals. But in his last 15 games, we've got 13 points out of Ryan Johansson. Um, and he's playing, you know, 17 minutes a night. Uh, he is on that top power play unit as well. So just because of the games, I think that you, you know, he's got... Really good linemates playing three more games over two important weeks. Um, so I'm going to go with Ryan Johansson over Dylan Strome, but uh, Strome obviously deserves all the credit in the world for what he's done lately. juicier
0: too, so I like it.
3: Yeah, and um, I-, I might as well mention Eric Haula as uh, one of my favorites here below 10%. Uh, you guys talked about Hayes and Roselich, but is still looking just as solid um, playing on a line with Taylor Hall and David Pasternak. We've seen those two just continue to play extremely well. Um, I think that there's always been a fear that Boston won and, you know, might be reunited and it'll just leave Hall, Howlett in the dumps, but it uh, just hasn't been the case. They've rolled with three even lines and Howlett continues to produce. Uh, maybe not the greatest level, but I, I would imagine that Howlett has just as good of a chance of producing at a high level as Kevin Hayes and Jack Roslow.
1: Yeah, and he's on Boston too, which means apparently you can't get suspended no matter what you do. So. No,
3: yeah, you're fair. You're good. Fair Fine. game. Yeah. Taylor Hall
1: reference? That's a bonus. Yeah. You heard yeah, of him? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. The blind sucker punch that. Injured a player, and he got was supposed to carry an automatic match penalty and one game suspension. That somehow was just a five thousand dollars fine.
3: I think
0: that he got Will Smith
1: in the year, so.
3: Will Smith hit Chris Rock harder than Taylor Hall hit Ilya Labushkin, but
1: Chris Rock returned to the Oscars. Ilya Labushkin did not return to that game. <laughs> yeah. So, really. Apples what are we talking about here? here? Apples to oranges. <laughs> All
3: right, let's move on to the wingers. And we'll start with you, Biebs, quickly on this one because I'm pretty sure I know who's going to be at the top of your list. But let's rattle through them here. We've got I Valeria Nachushkin at 39%. Anthony Mantha at 30%. Kyler Yamamoto at 26%. His teammate, Yessi Pulia yarvi at 25%. Jeff Skinner, 24%. Travis Konechny, 24% as well. Joel Farabee, who could technically be listed as a center at this point. He's playing as their number one center in Philadelphia right now. I guess that's what happens when you trade away Claude Giroux and Sean Couture is out for the season. Uh, Frankie Vitrano, who, yes, we get to talk about him again. Evgeny Dedanoff, 17% owned. Trevor Moore, 13% owned. How to get him in there. Seth Jarvis, 6%. And Taylor Radish, 2%. Uh, so, Biebs, we'll start with you. And why is Valerie Nishushkin number one on your list? Oh,
0: Crazy guess. I was asked, actually gonna go Seth Jarvis just because his name's Seth. Uh, no, not actually. It's, it, it is correct. Valerie Nishushkin. I mean, he's the most owned on here by almost thirteen percent, but nine um, percent. But oh, who's, who, oh, I didn't even see Mantha down there. Bebs why? His math tonight is
3: awesome.
2: No, <laughs>
0: I. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. Mantha was at the bottom of my thing, and he doesn't even deserve to be on this list. So that's probably why <laughs> I wasn't considering him. Um, and I was looking at Kyler at 26. That was my closest. So I did nail the math, but at the same time, I did not see shitty Anthony Mantha. But Valerie Nishushkin right now playing right wing, left wing on maybe the greatest line ever, um, but not actually. It's just Nathan McKinnon. and uh, Is it Nathan McKinnon, Well, though? it's not at the moment. That's kind of the issue. Is That's the big red flag here. here not is an issue. What's going on with Nathan McKinnon? Um, That obviously drives the line. If not, though, he is playing with Nazem Kadri. Since Gabriel Landeskog um, was announced out randomly on a Saturday a few weeks ago, Nishushin's played seven games, and in those games he has five goals, three assists, and three power play points. He's averaging 22-30 on the ice. I kind of went nuts about it last week saying that's D-man ice time, but guess what? That's D-man ice time. Um, That shit's wild. You don't see that from any forward. Um, So, I mean, if you're going to add some on that, that's where you want to look. Especially with the McKinnon minutes now down, it's just, for some reason, I mean, not for some reason, just Nishushkin continues to take more and more time as he can around that team. Obviously, our Terry Lekkonen dealt with some visa issues this week. Now in the lineup, that might start to take some some minutes overall, but um, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to pump this one that much harder. But in the you, month
3: of March, Valerie Nishushkin, 17th among forwards in time on ice, averaging 20 minutes and 32 seconds. That's not bad. Um, and right wing ahead of Austin eligible. Matthews. Yep. Um, so number one, Valerie
0: Nishushkin. Um, again, the own percentage um says that. But number two, Kyler Yamamoto. owned. Uh, This is someone D actually jumped on a few weeks ago, and he's just been reaping the benefits. I'm a little jealous over there. Um, Last 10 games, 7 goals, 6 assists for Kyler, 3 power play points. And playing with Connor McDavid, we not always not with Leon Draisaitl, but yeah, oh, does it really it, matter? It's Same real, sorry, thing. switched up. But um, either way, I mean, you're playing with uh, one of the top two point getters in the league in the last couple of years, um, and Kyler is finally starting to find his fit. This is what they drafted him for, and uh, this is why we all draft him every draft and then drop him two weeks in. Um, but it's good to see him doing well. So I got him here at number two, and if he's going to thrive on that line, we always talk about you know grabbing what's hot in Edmonton. Um, they're going to have a couple of huge playoff weeks themselves, and Kyler's going to be leaned on a lot. Third there, I got Jeff Skinner. Still kind of amazed that this guy's only 24% owned. He has 27 goals. Um, so for, I don't know, you just got to feel like there's leagues where goals matter a bit more than than, than that. 27 goals, 20 assists on the year for Jeff. Uh, a week ago, I probably wouldn't have had him third here, but in his last five games, four goals, two assists, only one being on the power play. Um, Buffalo in general has just kind of gone cold.
3: That top line still outrageous. Though. Yeah, Tage Thompson eh, so fucking good, he's
0: so good. And, eh, eh, and the thing is, it's not like they're gonna take nine million dollar Jeff off that line. Um, clearly, this is kind of where he <laughs> needs to be to do anything. But um, you should definitely just kind of enjoy the ride while you can. So that's why I, I got Jeff there at third. I just don't think you can get goal production from. Uh, Anyone else here? And then a quick shout out to Joel Farabee at the end. He's my 3.5. Over
3: to you, D. Uh,
1: yeah, I definitely agree with Nichushkin at one. Um, shares a name with my favorite Bure, Valerie. So that's a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, You're always saying that. Yeah, no, the ice time definitely jumps out at you. Like, even it was creeping up a little bit before Leonard's cog injury, too. His last nine games is 21 51, I think, is the average. So just absurd. Um, and he's had a fantastic season. So now that he's obviously getting that extra ice time and getting that extra opportunity. With the big boys, and by the big boys, obviously, I mean Nazem Kadri and Miko Rantanen. Um, But yeah, that's still a great spot to be, even with McKinnon out, Uh, and he's making like a real case to stay there, and maybe see uh, you know result in a little more balance down the Avalanche lineup once they finally are healthy. So, just a whole lot to love there. Um, and the fact that he's still as low owned as he is is, is a pretty huge joke, to be honest. Cause yeah, it's, it's not outrageous. It's crazy. It's been going on all year. When he, as, as long as he's been playing, he's literally land his right points. now. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think it's a bit of a toss up after that. Cause I I was looking at both the guys you mentioned there, beads. Yeah. Um,
0: no, it could be anybody.
1: Yeah. I went with Dadanov at two, despite the uh, poor schedule, which was like the same reason I dropped Strom to three in the last one. But, uh, I just like Dadanov's potential so much right now playing on this line with Eichel. Um, absolutely red hot and obviously on that top line with Eichel on the top power play as well. Um, and we've just seen him do a whole lot of damage uh, in the right situation before. He's quite clearly uh, an offensive-minded player, and he's just not going to work, uh, you know, cutting out minutes in your bottom six. So he needs no. to be on the top line, playing with the big boys, um, and just kind of, you know, maybe not necessarily getting into those nitty-gritty areas, but more so just getting to the net, getting shots off, uh, and opening up, uh, you know, spaces for his linemates, which he's so so good at. So I, I just think it's a great spot for him. Um, and yeah, like I said, we've seen him do a whole lot of damage in that kind of situation before with Barkov. Uh, and they definitely need some running mates for Eichel right now, so I, I, I think he's the obvious candidate. He's got six um, in his last six games, yeah. I mean, you know, sure, they tried to trade him to Anaheim and, and just completely disregard his no trade clause. Did you guys see we didn't see anything, <laughs> but I mean, it even hasn't... though it's on cap friendly if you go on the internet, <laughs> their
3: their um, their like Twitter account always does like the whole lineup in emojis. And right after yeah, it's he the came worst. back, it's so cool. It is the worst thing ever. But it is the worst thing ever. doing that. It's so. But cool. the his first game back, his emoji changed from whatever it was before because who knows to a boomerang, an- which <laughs> is hilarious. That's
1: a good. One. Yeah. That is a good. One. Uh, I was the game winner. I, I was watching. I don't know if it was TSN or Sportsnet today, and they were talking about just. Uh, a change that was coming out of that. And they're saying they're creating a database of all the no movement clauses And the I team. couldn't believe that didn't exist. I was, I was, oh, saying, yeah, I was like, like, what have you been doing up until this point? Just yeah. taking their word for Just it? Just create like, a, a Word
0: the...
3: document and send it to everyone.
1: It's <laughs> so simple. <laughs> Just like, do like, it's a it's Google Doc. That, yeah, Google that Sheet.
3: Was, that was on TSN. They were like, okay, yeah, the NHL's thinking about creating a database. I think, and um, it, there was some, some stuff going around on Twitter uh, with some of the agents and stuff. I guess the concern with that is that there will be leaks and that teams will find out about who's on who's no trade, and it'll just become, like, a real contentious issue um, if if that if there is a public database of who's on who's no trade clause. So I, I guess that's or, like, no trade list, so I guess that's kind of the issue that they're yeah. concerned about. But, like... I couldn't believe it. I thought it was like so clearly. Well, they probably have one right now. But why on, all on the teams
1: team. don't need to access it? Just let the league off. Like you tell me, the league doesn't can't be like okay. Let me double check this guy's yeah. modified no movement clause yeah. and see. You can't. Like I swear
3: to God, if I had a Google sheet, like I could run it for the NHL. Like okay, yeah. hey, we're trading Dadnoff to the to the uh, Ducks. Just let me. Uh, okay, let me just search up Dadnoff's name. Yeah, he's on. You can't trade him the Ducks. Yeah. Like it, it is not a difficult issue to fix.
0: Uh, <laughs> I know it's it one. It's one Google sheet. Well, page. I mean, it
1: shouldn't be an issue. That's what I mean. Like, no. how is this? It's, 2022. it's 2022. Arranged, but even like that's absolutely ridiculous even for doesn't exist already for
0: Vegas I had a friend this weekend he's, he's a huge hockey fan but I I mean he was telling me he's like man I before trade deadline he said he look watch that deal go through went to cap friendly because he's a big numbers guy and saw the no trade list on there and saw the teams and he's like if I can find that on that website,
3: well, I don't think it has the list. He uh, it had it has like it, a, it, had, it says that he had a no move clause, yeah, But, but that was but
0: somewhere that information was there, and he's like, if you can find that, then why can't why could they not find it? But that was there, so I I don't know. I just feel like um, at that point they're like, oh, we uh we didn't know. Whoops, yeah. yeah. It, it was a terrible. Hoping look. that Anaheim would just be a nice enough destination. Like, come on, It's so warm there. Just a so just, a, ter- just a terrible look. Mickey but, Mouse League, man.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I got Frank for Toronto at third because why? Of course not? you do. Yeah, you gotta, gotta do. talk about Frank. Um, I'm actually a little surprised that the shot volume isn't up a little bit more than it is. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, like obviously, I'm gonna want to see what Frank can do on a line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Frank. Kreider. We've been calling for it for like seven years. He's got five goals in seven games um, since moving over to uh, New York. So, five whole lot to like five. there. Um, yeah, I like Yamamoto, too. Connecting, we didn't even mention. I like Connecting a lot right now. Uh, shot volume has always been there for him. So we talked about Kevin Hayes. That line's playing pretty, pretty well right now. Uh, and there's just a lot of extra minutes to go around. So many minutes because they're Philly. so bad. Yeah, and yeah, you know, they made some moves at the deadline, obviously, as well. So there is minutes to be had. There's ice times to be had. So I like Connecting as well. A lot of good options on this list. But if I had to order it, uh, I would go uh, Valerie Nichuskin, Evgeny Dadinov, and Frank the Tank for Toronto. Val, I'm going go, Daddy in the tank. Yeah. I'm that going Valerie Nichushkin
3: number one. Obviously, you guys talked about it. No need to go any further. Uh, for me, number two is going to be Frank Vetrano. Um I, I think we're basically splitting hairs here between Vetrano and Dadenoff. They're 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 in similar situations on their team. Um, but you gotta love. We've talked about. We know what Vetrano can do if he is moved up the lineup. We've seen it before, uh, but never to the extent that we've seen now. Um, and I think the main concern for me with Vitrano was what happens when Capocacco comes back. Is he bumped down the lineup? At this point, when you score five and five, you're probably staying in the top six regardless, and Cackle really hasn't done anything to show that he belongs there at this point anyway. Campo so hasn't scored five in two years. <laughs> so I have I have uh, Vetrano there. He also has six games over the two weeks. Dadinoff, um didn't actually, you know, crack. He 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 like should crack my top three because he. It, like, skill-wise and the position he's in. But again, which is two games next week, um, it, it seems a little bit dicey to want to add him and be like, hey, how much can you really do in, in two games Um in a week that you might need the win so Dadenoff without a doubt is is one of the top talents available here and at 17% should be much higher but which is two games next week that is a little bit concerning so I do like Frankie V a little bit more there with three games
1: um, I do want to say like Dadunov for this week like absolutely because they, they play obviously tonight so you're we missed that boat but they play Friday Sunday as yes
3: well, so. for this week no doubt about yeah. it um, but for next week looking towards the playoffs um, definitely not, I not... My,
1: and me, I just picked him up again fighting for that buy so if I pick up the buy I'll hold on to him if I did don't definitely going to be looking to cut him. Exactly.
3: I, yeah. It all depends on yeah. your situation for sure. Uh, three games after that. So if you do get that by dead and off worth the ad, uh, Jeff Skinner, I think is going to come in here. Number three for me, just again, four games each week. Um, and, and that is a line that scores, um, you know, pretty much every single goal that the Sabres score. It's a line that's performed very, very well. Jeff Skinner, as you mentioned on pace for 30 goals, he's been really, really easy 30. quietly, very good this season. And just the extra couple games, <coughs> right? Like I'd rather have, uh, Jeff Skinner in my lineup, four games than Evgeny Dadenoff if I'm in a must situ- win situation next yeah. week so um, just a couple extra games there but I think Yessi pouli is interesting as well I actually prefer U- Puliyarvi yarvi over Yamamoto um, the minutes aren't always there for Puliyarvi, yarvi but uh, he's up there with Connor McDavid and whenever he's been with McDavid this season he's played very very well he's <laughs> I guess it's not that big of a surprise that he's played much better <laughs> yeah, with, y- so with, with, with McDavid than you know Ryan McLeod or, keep or Leon Dreisaitl, but he's he's always looked a lot better, and um, not only him, but McDavid's underlying numbers have been significantly better uh, whenever Yessie pooley has been on that line, so I'm really interested in him as well. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out, though. I do think Taylor Radish, we talked about him very quickly last Radish. week, um, is worth a look in do- deep dynasty leagues and deep keeper leagues because he has looked unleashed in Chicago he's looked so good like I tweeted out the other day like he he made like three unbelievable plays in three consecutive shifts and I was like this motherfucker is better than Brandon Hagel like who they gave up 100 first round picks and this guy for so um, I think that was a, a, a nice pickup for the Blackhawks he's looked terrific in their top six um, we talked about Biebs mentioning um, how, how good his Offensive numbers were in the OHL. Yeah. Um, and and you obviously, it takes some time for these kids. And, well, it's um, crazy because this they're guy locked was drafted. In the basement. They're this, locked in the basement yeah. in, in Tampa Bay. Like, they can't do anything. They play nine minutes a night with Ross Colton. And this guy was drafted, like, rounds before
0: Hagel was. And... Was just like you said, not given that room, and then now you, you do a swap, but
3: you also include a hundred draft picks as you put
0: yeah, it. Yeah, like Hagel, I guess, and is
3: a little bit more what they were looking for, but like long term, Radish still I, projects I, as the much better offensive player. That was player. some
1: pretty unnecessary shade to the boy Ross there. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to say like
3: it was, you know, Ross Colton's terrible, but <laughs> yeah. he's also, you know, only plays nine minutes a night. He so is also If Ross you could play yeah. nine minutes, he's with no, Derek you, Ryan. Yes. If you play nine minutes with <laughs> Ross Colton <laughs> or 17 minutes with Jonathan Taves, I think we all know what the better minutes are there. So I think he. He's worth a little bit of a show. But uh, that is going to do it for Season 7, Episode 30 of the Ross Daily Face Off podcast. Um, yeah, nice quick episode. Make sure you guys get these guys in your lineup as soon as possible. Get them on your roster. Let's keep plugging away here through the rest of the playoffs. Let's crown a bunch of Daily Face Off yeah. podcast listener champions this year. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm Brock Segan. we got Dylan D. my to my right. Michael Biebs Bondi to my left. Good luck this rest of this week. Get to the playoffs. Get to the big dance. Dominate the next couple weeks. See you guys back here next week. Can't wait for our
0: listeners not to change across the next couple weeks because we're all winning this shit, baby. Peace. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Hey,
1: it's Danny Pellegrino
0: from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?